Welcome to the Recharge Your Life podcast with me, Dr. Carrie Ulrich and Kelly Gunther. We are thrilled to talk to people who have made a decision that recharged their lives. Often they push themselves out of their comfort zones and took risks. We want to know about that decision point. Why did they make that decision? And most importantly, how can we learn from them? Kelly and I are passionate HR professionals, and together we co-founded our HR consulting firm, Abrachi Group. We have talked to amazing people throughout our careers and listened to them as they made decisions that changed their lives and knew that these inspirational stories would help others. And why did we call it Recharge? It's based on a book I co-authored called The Way of the HR Warrior, and in it, we have a leadership model, CHARGE, which stands for courage, humility, accuracy, resiliency, goal-oriented, and exemplary. We know that people used one or more of these qualities to help them make their decisions, and we want to learn from them. Now, sit back, listen, and be inspired by these stories, and then do something to recharge your life. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. It's Kelly. We're thrilled to have Tanya McKenzie as our special guest. Tanya is a seasoned public relations and leadership professional with over 17 years of experience and management expertise in both the nonprofit and private sector. As the owner of Sand and Shores, public relations and leadership consulting firm, she specializes in working with civic, law enforcement, and other nonprofit organizations, helping them to gain greater brand awareness and positive public relations coverage in the media through bold branding and thought leadership. Tanya is a Silicon Valley native and gun violence survivor. As a child advocate and speaker, she ignites the best in people by helping them to tell their story and delve into their personal brand identity. She's a proud member of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority and holds several leadership positions in the city of Redondo Beach and throughout Los Angeles County. Tanya holds a seat on the Redondo Beach Police Engagement Board and works to simplify complex issues through conversation. In addition to all of that, Tanya also hosts two podcasts. My Morning Coffee podcast with Lieutenant Gia Neal of the LA County Sheriff, and Leaders and Learners, in which she speaks with authors, leaders, and experts. So Tanya, quite an impressive resume. We're so excited to have you on our podcast. We always like to start by asking, what show, podcast, book, or blog do you go to when you want to push yourself and expand your thinking? Good morning. I want to thank you guys for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And to answer that first question, I listen to Cheryl Underwood and um, the Cheryl Underwood radio show. Why is that? Um, Cheryl is actually one of my sorority sisters. Uh, she's older, one of my older sorority sisters. She's a Republican. I'm a Democrat, right? So one of the things I love to do is expand my mind. And she helps me to think outside of the box. She's very straightforward. So teaches me that you can still be an amazing professional and stand behind your word. You can have your own opinion, but know how to express it. And also she's a comedian. So laughter is my love language. And um, I definitely go there when I need to refresh my thoughts, make sure that I'm not crazy and find, let's say a play on words sometimes to be able to describe some of the things that I'm trying to talk through uh, often. So I, I love Cheryl Underwood Radio. Uh, hello, Tanya. Welcome. Thank you. I um, love that you threw just a little bit of shade right away. She's my older sister. Like, <laughs> sort of, like I caught that. I hope she listens so she can catch the quick. It was quick. It was quick. Oh my shade. Like, <clears throat> she's my older sister. 
I love that. I mean, listen, when you have people in your life that are seasoned and (laughs) experienced, you want to give them their roses while they're here. And if the way that you read my resume always makes me think like, who is she talking about? So if I'm good, then she's someone that helped me become um, who I am. So, you know, they, they deserve their roses. Oh, I love it. And now uh, the audience can really tell why you're in PR. <laughs> that was good. That was good. That was the spin. I love it. I love it. I love a spin. I love sales and PR. I love it. I love storytellers, which you are one. So how, so older sorority sister, I'll keep saying that. So <laughs> so we'll write a really bad review on our podcast. Like, uh, well, who is this girl? Keep talking about how old I am. Um, what? So, okay. You already said you're a Democrat. She's Republican. What is something like an insight into the other political party, your opposite political party, some kind of an insight that, that she gave you by listening to this? And you went, huh, I never really thought of it from that perspective. You know, I think many people look at one party over the other as liberal or mm. conservative, right? Mm-hmm. But there's so many other gray spots within both. So you can be liberal on ideas or social issues and still be conservative in your finances, because I think those are things that you have you might not be thinking about when you go to, let's say, define who you are only because you have to through the ballot box. But you can have agreements on big items that the other party agrees on also. And since she is also one of my sorority sisters, you know, it's important to acknowledge that socially um, and social responsibility is a big part of what we all do. The Mm -hmm. give back, the charitable efforts, making sure you have goodwill um, embedded in your brand. Like those are things that are important to us. You don't have, you can be a member of either party and that be important to you. You know, it's okay to recognize that we have common ground, um, even if you identify with something different. I, 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 I like that you said common ground. I was just about to say that because one of you, you mentioned laughter is a love language that you have, which even before this podcast, we were laughing a ton. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all of our love languages. So it's probably one of the reasons that we fell in love with Tanya when we, when we talked to her before this podcast, but um, that. I think one of your love languages, your superpower is finding this just from your resume and your bio, finding this common ground because you, as it said in your bio, you're a gun violence survivor, and yet you partner and host a podcast with law enforcement. And so your ability to see that common ground really sounds like your superpower. And maybe we're going to get to it in the decision, but I got to ask now, what, why, why do you think that common ground is so so deep in you, Tanya? Because my background is so diverse in the things that I've experienced, um, gun violence, um, I was a sexual assault victim twice, Mm -hmm. and I had over 21 residences before I was 18, so incredibly unstable. I wound up writing my memoir, the first one, uh, a few years ago because I recognize that people have preconceptions about people that have had uh, trauma in their Mm -hmm. life or been from a certain area or look a certain way. Mm -hmm. And because I've lived such a mainstream life, 
based on who I decided I wanted to be, not what I wanted other people to see me as, it was important to reveal reveal that in a way that caught people off guard so that they also recognized, man, I really had I, I had this story wrong in my head. We mm-hmm. make up stories in our head about people based on what we see, not recognizing or understanding that you really don't know someone's story. It is really a place where we put judgment on individuals. And right now, since we're in a DNI space, every company's trying to adopt it. You know, once people start telling their story, you start recognizing, man, that's crazy. But even within those crazy stories, there's things in there that resonate with other people. So it might not be the same exact thing that happened with me and my grandmother or my grandfather, but you might have something in your upbringing that you can relate to. And those are the things that bring people together. So being able to tell the story, expose some of the issues that our country is dealing with, but at the same time, showing those that are on the outside, we probably have more in common than Mm -hmm. we do different. Mm -hmm. I think too, thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing those stories too, because you, you also had a choice of not sharing any of those stories and people could continue with making up your background or who you are. And instead you're raw and vulnerable and share that to help people understand that it's pretty complex and you can't just go on kind of a preconceived stereotype or, or narrative on someone. So thank you for doing that. Absolutely. What, what is the decision then? I'm sure you have a hundred at this point. <laughs> um, so it was probably really hard for you to say, Here's one. Um, but what was the, a decision that changed the trajectory of your life? And what are some of those charge qualities that you use to help you make that decision? Lord have mercy. Okay, I so. Know, I <laughs> no, well, I. I our podcast with you, Tanya. I love Third it. We, we might have to do a series, but I'll take, I'll, I'll do the best I can. Um, I've always wanted to be an attorney. Uh, we had a lot of gun violence and trauma and drama. Drama brings trauma in my mm-hmm upbringing. And I, even from a young age, I was wanting to be an attorney. Um, I thought, you know, this is it. I already know what I want to be. What happened was, what had happened was, <laughs> I mean, I was on it. Okay. I even went to Santa Clara university one summer, took their pre-law program, killed it um, during uh, our little mock trials. Oh, I was set. Well, after I graduated from college, my mom passed. I mean, mm-hmm. I graduated in June. She died in July. I had two little sisters. My husband and I moved to the Bay Area to raise them because mm-hmm. we do still have a lot of dysfunction in our family. And we were trying to keep them safe and give them mm-hmm. uh, stability. So raising my two little sisters and then I had my husband and I had one of our own, knowing what it takes to raise a child, especially kids that have gone through trauma, mm-hmm. I gave up my dream at that mm. moment of being an attorney. Mm. <laughs> so what's next? Finding another occupation where you can wordsmith and sell your right. ideas. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I have um, always had uh, experience in marketing. So all of my internships uh, in college and I worked for the athletic department. It was all in marketing. Um, mm. I wound up with the YMCA in the Bay Area. They needed to build a new center, a new facility, but they didn't have a budget. So they used my marketing background. Um, And what I recognize is, you know, 
when people don't have money, the first thing they cut is marketing. Mm. But how are you going to get people to donate and be a part of this mission without getting them to know who you are, what you do and what you're trying to do? So that is actually where I began my public Mm. relations experience, because I recognize they're not giving me a marketing budget. And so I have to do something different. And really, the only other option I had was starting to reach out to publishers um, and writers to get them to write about what we were doing. And that's where it started. I literally just picked up the phone and was like, hey, this is what we have going on. This is what we're trying to do. And once they started picking up the stories and traction started to build on what we were doing, and by the way, that wasn't all positive uh, Mm -hmm. coverage. We can get into that. (laughs) But um, once we, you know, I started seeing that work, I think I just fell in love with the opportunity to really tell the story of what we were doing and then the people behind the story, Mm -hmm. right? A lot of times folks don't recognize it's not always the person you see, but the people behind the scenes that are making the story move or making this project grow that are the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I didn't have a story to pitch, girl, I made one. I was like, what y'all covering today? <laughs> Hold on. Let me go. Let me go make something happen because I can't stop this momentum now because we're really moving forward on this project and I need these donations from these donors. Um, and I need these people to buy into what we're selling. So let me find something. Oh, you're, that's what you're doing this month. Hold on. Let me go find some kids and get them going and get this photographer and we're going to make this story happen. So it really became a matter of recognizing the kind of stories Mm -hmm. that resonate with the community that I was in at the time. And, you know, I became really good friends with a lot of our um, publishers and editors and writers, journalists out in the Bay area. It was Mm -hmm. great. Go, go back to, so I'm kind of envisioning this little Tanya who's going to kill it as an attorney and you're, <laughs> you're in the mock trial and I feel bad for the people who had to go against you. Um, uh, but how easy slash difficult in a scale of kind of one through 10 was the decision to kind of give that up and how did you reconcile that and move through it and, and bounce back? Cause I think quite often, Tanya, some people, they have that same fork in the road where you you have to decide and it might take you off track and they might be a little more uh, sad, maybe sadder, maybe bit bitter because they, they didn't get that opportunity. And that doesn't sound like you. So how did you work through that and reconcile it? Okay. So yeah, I was bitter. I was okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just, I, I was actually, you know, I was still in the process of grieving. So I I, I lost my mom. These two little girls had lost their mom also. So at that point, especially after I had my own son, it stopped being about me. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And recognizing that you still need to live life with some type of fulfillment. Yeah. What? So let me put it to you like this. With grief and trauma, you also have had, hopefully in your life, some love and laughter, Mm -hmm. right? Once you recognize what love, laughter, fulfillment, enjoyment feels like when you're in those spaces of displeasure, discomfort, frustration, because you might be in a position that does not make you happy, 
So even for those that have just made career changes simply because they were unhappy, you always should thrive for and move forward towards that happiness, that joy, and that fulfillment. So continuing to kind of mold my craft, hone my craft, and find spaces that I was comfortable in was important. So part of that uh, decision, you know, okay, I'm doing this thing and it's working out and I'm getting accolades for it and it feels good and I'm meeting great people. I'm not an attorney. I really, maybe I can do that again later, but what am I going to do while I'm waiting for later to come? Okay. I'm going to keep doing this and I'm going to get good at this so that if I have to leave this company, at least I'll have some other options. You never Mm -hmm. want to leave yourself without options or at least always getting more knowledgeable. And because we are in, keep in mind the Bay Area, Silicon Valley, technology is continuing to advance. So -hmm. you got to keep up. You can't Mm -hmm. just be complacent or you will get left behind. Mm -hmm. As I'm growing my family, it's like, I don't have time to be complacent, sad, frustrated, and discouraged because stuff is going to keep happening yeah. Regardless if I'm gonna keep up or not. Right. So so what you gonna do? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, right. okay. Right. And I, I what you said that was so beautiful is that I think it's so powerful is when you know that love and laughter, when you know what it feels like, that does give you a goal to get through the rest of the crap because you then know it's temporary because there's this love and laughter that I can get to yeah. and that I can focus on. And so this stuff that I've been through and you've been through it. Um, you can get, you can get through it. Cause you're like, you know what? First of all, it's not as bad as what I've been through. That's number one. Um, and then I know what this joy feels like, and I'm going to actually choose the joy part instead of getting stuck in the, I can't believe this is happening to me part. And it sounds and like it, you, you're very mindful of making that choice all the time, Tanya. Because when, you know, when you cut yourself, it hurts. When you are depressed, you feel it in your soul, in your spirit, and it can stunt your growth. It can stunt your day. And when you got kids around, they see it Mm -hmm. and they feel it. Mm -hmm. You know, there's nothing worse than a kid trying to comfort you. I'm like, wait, 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 hold on. Let me, let me pull my, (laughs) let me pull my S together and get my life right. Cause this ain't how this is supposed to be working. So no, you never want to be in a place where you're stuck. And you're stunted because yeah. you you don't let in that joy and that and learning lifetime learning. I am mm-hmm. someone that's always loved to learn. That was part of my love for the law. Is it's so much and it's so mm-hmm. vast. It's like whoo! I I can always find something new to cling on to or learn or participate in. And with PR and marketing, no story is ever the same. So once I started realizing that and how you wordsmith that and how you connect it and trigger other people to connect to that story or that company or that brand, I was like, okay, I can do this. So there are people that still go to school in their 40s, 50s and up. I'm not saying I'm going to do that, but there's an opportunity if if that was to happen. So for now, I'm going to continue to engulf myself and all of this other cool stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and I think what you said too, that's so powerful is that, that evolving. And so you got to keep evolving. You have to keep moving and stay up on trends. And we were joking about TikTok and 
maybe our children have all told us we're too old for it, but whatever. Um, but, but, but we, at least we know what it is. Uh, and you have to keep evolving. We can't be those people who go, well, back in the day, we didn't have email or whatever. And, and you're constantly evolving and learning and heck you might get your degree when you're older. Cause you feel like it, cause you're always pushing yourself and not getting stuck. And that's such a great lesson for people to hear because they can get stuck and go, I have, I have so much trauma in my life. And Tanya saying, Nope, I do too. And I kept moving. I think, um, one of the things that I definitely want to acknowledge, which is what you kind of said earlier is in regards to transparency and being vulnerable. I was actually a disingenuous, not too long before I wrote the book. I used to coach young girls and cheerleading. And a lot of my girls, I was pretty, I was like the strict coach. Mm. Um, and for those of you that can't tell, I am a black woman and I was like the mean black coach. And because I expected more from my girls, yeah. any, and I mean, from junior high school, high school on up, I just expected more than just I'm cute in a skirt. It was like, no, we're athletes. We work mm-hmm. hard. Girl, we were doing double days like the football team. And when they acted up, you're going to pay the price. We had disciplinary action. But I also, when you recognize a um, a pattern of bad behavior, would take the time to try to find out what's going on in her life. Because you mm-hmm. know, a young person that is acting a certain way, something's up. Right. And I would listen to them and talk them through some of their issues and never really explain to them why I got what they were saying. Right. Uh-huh. It was like, I would talk them through it, help them through it, and just go about my little way. And I recognized I was being a coward by not ever talking to them about what I had gone through. And it made me realize in order to be better and continuing to help these young women grow, many of them are like doctors, nurses, psychologists, they're doing great things now. Um, I really needed to open up as much as they had to me. Mm especially while they were entering into their womanhood, because those are things that help people make other decisions. We are here to help the next generation be better and do better. So if we're not sharing with them our knowledge and our experience, they're going to have to learn it through trial and error. Yeah, it opened me up to um, stop being weak. I was like, let me just let them in on a little something. And most of them and their parents were like, Oh my God. Right. They didn't expect it from you, did they? No, not at all. Totally shifted their perspective, which goes back to the original thing we were talking about is people don't know you, you let them in and then you, you broke, you shattered the stereotype. They just thought you were a strict black woman, right? (laughs) That was what they thought. You're like, this is what I am. And then they're like, holy smoke. And that courage Cause that's courage. That's like real jumping off a bridge, like bungee jumping. And I mean, that's like, that's some courage. Cause I don't know, maybe you could die or something, but for you, your story. I mean, like, I don't want to discount that. That's kind of scary, but it's <laughs> on my bucket list. Yeah. yeah, okay. yeah. But I mean, that's scary. But I feel like once you do that, Tanya, I want, I want you to come back and tell me which was scary or opening up and being vulnerable to all these people or jumping, or bungee, off jumping. Up, bungee jumping. Right. But you're coming, that, you got to come with me. Yeah. I, well, I had it on my bucket list to do it. I thought that would be kind of cool. Um, but, but I, that courage 
to share yourself because you didn't have to. Again, people don't have to share their innermost stories and what made them who they are. They don't. It's one of the reasons Kelly and I love this podcast because that's what we ask. It's like, why are you the way you are kind of thing? Um, and that cur- you were so courageous in that moment to, to share. And so I guess before we get to the advice that you want to give people, what kind of switched the or flipped the switch for you, Tanya? And I am gonna I am gonna be vulnerable. I am gonna tell him this. Was there like a spe- specific moment, or you're just like, nah, I got to be more authentic and not disingenuous about it? I live by the premise that we are on this earth to leave the world better than we got it. Mm. And if we don't tell our stories about how we got it, what are some of the things that were going on that pushed you to do A, B, and C? The next generation don't know if they're making it better or worse, right? They don't They don't know. If we're not telling our stories and we're not being the history tellers, they have no idea. Also, because I have kids and I've made some decisions in regards to toxic relationships, certain family members, things of that nature. They may or they may not ask one day. But mm-hmm. when they do, now there's actually a written ledger on why these things took place. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Vice President Kamala Harris, her office was involved in the case that I wrote about in the book. Wow. Most people don't know that. So when the election was going on and they're like, oh, she doesn't do her job. She don't work. She just got, you know, she got the worst she is by other people doing the work. And I was like, actually, uh-huh. I have a record of something she did that kept a young girl safe. Even without her knowing this young girl, it was a job that she did, her office to keep this murderer in jail, a violent person that continued to be violent even as he was locked up. He had actually got paroled and I spent my college years writing letters and doing videos to send to the parole board so that they could keep him, um, they could keep him locked up. So that part of it was part of PR, which is telling your story, mm-hmm. yep. making sure that it resonates with those that are reading it and triggering them to make a decision that hopefully is in your best interest. Mm-hmm. So while my friends were out partying, I would be on a Saturday morning writing a letter to the parole board and they never knew. (laughs) So we got this joke, this running joke about, so I used to disappear out of parties. Like we would go to a party at UCLA or USC Mm -hmm. and they'd be looking for me at the end of the party and I'd be already back home. Well, after they read the book, people that I actually spent tons of time with and Mm -hmm. they never knew, you know, they started recognizing what PTSD really looks like. Someone that really doesn't like crowds. Yeah. Someone that likes to be in safe spaces that they control. Exactly. But that set them up on a trajectory to start to learn what mental health looks like in our communities. Mm-hmm. Acknowledging that sometimes when people do weird stuff, it might not be weird to them. You just don't know their story. Exactly. Exactly. So it, you know, it's complex, but what really triggered me is the opportunity to leave the world better than I got Mm -hmm. it by educating people on some of these things that they didn't even know existed. Mm -hmm. What advice do you have then? You've already given a great tips and advice and how to think about things, but what specific advice did you want to tell people and when they're 
making decisions that have, that impact the rest of their lives. Be authentic. Don't try to be what you think other people mm. want you to be. Mm. And as I continue to grow my career in PR and grow my company, I have moved in the branding space, really understanding um, your personal brand, who you are as a person, and how that affects how people are either attracted to you or detracted from you, how people might not want to deal with you because these are your ethics and your morals, right? Mm -hmm. But that helps you because you don't have to fight off any bad energy or people you don't want to deal with when they know who they're dealing with. Exactly. On top of the company that you might be building, if you happen to be an entrepreneur, it's like, okay, if you're authentic and you talk about who you are and your brand and how you got here, there are people that are going to be attracted to that and want to support that. How do you get people to know, like, and trust you? Know, like, and trust your brand. If you're not authentic, they will eventually find out because when you're not, it eventually comes out. Like, mm -hmm. real quick story. Um, we were looking for an accountant and we, my husband and I, we were, you know, going back and forth with this guy and he seemed to be very dry. <laughs> you know, they're like, I'm going to be who I think they want me to be. Yeah, right. right. Dry, yeah. no sarcasm, <laughs> nothing funny about this dude. I was like, okay, well, he seems to know what he's doing, but okay. So we go set up the meeting and go to his office. This dude is like hilarious and he's cracking jokes and he's just, I'm like, I like him. Well, who the hell was that on the email? Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> who are you? Or you go to a restaurant that you love. They have this great recipe and you recommend somebody else to it, right? You recommend this, go to this place. And they yeah. don't change the recipe. You are the dish, okay? Don't change mm -hmm. your recipe. Be who you are. Be authentic to yourself. And don't let me send somebody to you and then you that you show them that you're someone else. I'm like, see, no, we, yeah. <laughs> no, no, don't do that. So being authentic is probably one of the most important career and life mm -hmm. uh, pieces of advice that I can give to anyone. And it, and it pays off. It really does. Yeah, I I really appreciate you said that. And I think when you said the culture piece, because not only does it attract who you want, but it also just filters out BS. That's the way yes. I look at it. So, so we say this to companies all the time and, and Kelly and I were very focused on making sure our website reflected who we are because I am sure some people looked at our website and went, I like them. In fact, we've heard that like, oh, that's a pretty strong website. You, you put out there who you are. And I guarantee there's a couple of people who looked at it and went, ugh, like, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't did they actually say BS on their website? Like, <laughs> right? And here's the deal. We don't want to work with you either. It's not a good fit. Right. It's and not, that's fine. That's fine. And so culture and being authentic, not only it doesn't give you carte blanche to just be a jerk or whatever, as some people kind of take it as, but it's a it's also just it's a good decision making filter for you and what are your priorities, as well as if you're a company. That if you say this is the most important thing, that helps you figure out what we should do and how we prioritize and how we make decisions. Mm -hmm. So it, it is important to, to remove the bad energy too. And sometimes we don't talk about that. I appreciate that you said that. And I know Kelly is over the moon with this conversation. I, I guarantee Kelly has written so many notes. I guarantee there's been a tear in her eye at some point. And I guarantee... I know my girl, Kelly. Um, it is like, 
where, where do we find Tanya and how can we like talk to her every week now? But as we said, we don't pay the bills for Tanya. So we will not be talking <laughs> to Tanya every week unless we pay because we're all entrepreneurs and client work comes first. But <laughs> listen, if you pay me and laughs, we're good. <laughs> we got that then, Tanya. We hey. laugh all the time. We laugh all the time. Um, Kelly, what do, what do you, what do you, what are some of your notes? And did I get it right? Was there a tear in your eye at some point? Yes, there was several times. I mean, I think within the first five minutes, maybe. And then again, <laughs> like two minutes after that, I didn't specifically take notes on the timing of it. But yes, I was, I did tear up just because of the power of your story. Tanya, I mean, when I think about someone who checks every single box in terms of the charge framework, it has to be you. I mean, with everything that you've in, you know endured such a young age, then to literally make the decision, I'm going to move back to the Bay Area to help raise my two sisters, how selfless you were in that moment, but recognizing what could ha- that the stakes were so high, what would happen if you didn't. Um, but then, you know, being an exemplary role model for the girls that you were coaching who looked at you and thought, she's such a badass, but literally you also exposed a part of yourself that was very vulnerable and how you noticed and recognized the importance of having to do that to help others grow and understand themselves and remember the story so that they can make and, and know what maybe, um, you know, bad treatment of women looks like. Um, I, I think you just do such a, an amazing job of really showing how when you make the commitment to take a stand against the things that it hurt you, you turn out to be someone so powerful and amazing such as yourself. So for people who are looking to read your book, one number one, what's the name of your book? It is called A Child's Memories of Cartoons and Murder. And it's on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Okay. And I'll make sure to include a link to the book as well in our show notes, because I think there's so many people, myself included, who want to write, who want to read your book and uh, be inspired by, you know, obviously what you, what you've endured in your life and how you came to be this very powerful force, um, not only for women, but for everyone in in life, because your story is just so incredibly moving. Um, Is there anything that if you could do it over, you would do differently? I wonder. So, <laughs> no, because I wouldn't be who I am yeah. had I not. I mean, mm-hmm. there are, I think there are moments in most of our lives where we're like, that was thankless, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like, uh, okay, I could have just stayed in the bed instead of helping this person move or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I could have just stayed in Los Angeles instead of moving to the Bay Area because, you know, for whatever reason, but the thing of it is, is we all make decisions we can't take back and we have to make the best of it. It's almost mm-hmm. like asking my mom, were, are there things that she wishes she would have done yeah. different? And she says, yeah, but I'm like, well, then I wouldn't have been who I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are mm-hmm. some decisions I wish she would have made different, but I digress. Right. It's right. like, we have to recognize who we are and how we got here and be committed to moving forward, no matter what that is. And mm-hmm. we know everything is temporary. We're mm-hmm. always going to be changing. We're always going to be evolving. I, I even told my husband when we got married, I'm like, you know, people that get divorced, they grow apart. They don't stop loving each other. They just grow apart. So if you choose to let us grow apart, because we're always going to be continuing to grow mentally and mm-hmm. physically, um, you know, that's kind of a thing that happens. So we have to decide as a, as a couple, 
as parents, as friends. Mm-hmm. I've grown apart from friends, right? Mm-hmm. Based on decisions that you make that you feel are best for you to mm-hmm. expand and grow or for some people to stay complacent and be comfortable. Mm-hmm. It's that's really, certainly a decision too, right? Yeah, it exactly. is. Absolutely. And then it's not, it's like, oh, well, you, you know, you just left me. No, no, no. I asked you to come with me on this journey, but you, you know, you tired. You want to just be comfortable <laughs> in that space. I had for the first time in my life, one of my younger cousins had said, you know, I'm not, he said, I'm not a entrepreneur or a hustler like you and Ray. You guys just, y'all work a lot. And I was like, dude, we come from poverty. How, how did you even say that? But in his mind, he's comfortable. Mm-hmm. And until he was ready to move forward, he didn't, he, you know, he didn't go get his degree until he was ready. Mm-hmm. And when people are ready, sometimes other people have moved on. Mm-hmm. So am I, do I have anything I regret? Absolutely not. Um, I try to be as consistent as I am and authentic as I am. So people know what they're getting, but regrets no, because they're all lessons and mm-hmm. it might be some things I won't do again, but at the same time, we've learned so much that there are things I can't wait to do again. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, it, again, it just, your, your story is just so powerful. It, I mean, it, it almost rendered me speechless when you were first telling it because of, you know, what you've gone through at such a young age was more than what many go through in an entire lifetime. And so for you to come out and, and be as um, much of an advocate for others as you are for yourself is just incredibly powerful. And to your point, people can choose to be complacent. They can choose to um, let circumstances dictate, you know, how they choose to live the rest of their life, or they can do what you did, which is to really, um, you know, understand, embrace and decide I'm going to have a different life for myself. I'm going to create a life for my sisters, for my family that um, is the one that I want to create for them and no one else. So just thank you so much, Tanya, for your incredibly powerful story. Um, And I will be very interested to read your book and listen to your two podcasts as well. Because again, as Carrie mentioned, I could listen to you all day. You just have such a, um, you know, a a beautiful quality to yourself and how you present your story and how you present yourself. And we're just so grateful to you for taking the time to be on our podcast. That's one of those moments where I go, who is she talking about? <laughs> I'm talking about you. Yes, no doubt. <laughs> I'm looking behind me like, is someone else in this room? Thank you. Well, I, I can appreciate see why it. Like saying that, but it's 100% true for sure. And I'll be sure to um, add all of Tanya's contact information for those of you who are interested in connecting with her. Please do so on Twitter at Tanya McKenzie PR, on Instagram at Tanya McKenzie PR, as well as her website. I'll be sure to include that information. So, once again, thank you so much, Tanya, for your incredible story um, and for taking the time to, to spend it telling it to us today. It's been a blessing. Um, Please let's do it again. The laughs are great. And you guys are pretty authentic yourself. So I love your website, even with BS on it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we did. That's a bold move. But we we wanted to be very intentional about who we are and who we aren't. Intentional. Yes, mm ma'am. Absolutely. Thanks again, Tanya. Thank you. You guys have a great rest of your day. You too. Thank you for listening to the Recharge Your Life podcast. Please sign up for our newsletter at abracigroup.com and follow us on social media. You can find us on LinkedIn at Abrachi Group, Instagram at Warriors of HR, and Twitter at Warriors underscore HR. Remember to subscribe to our podcast 
leave a review, and please tell a friend. And be sure to drop us a note on how you are recharging your life. We can't wait to hear from you.